This episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry sent me a razor starter kit recently to try, and I put it to use very quickly because I keep myself clean shaven. In fact, I pretty much shave every single day because I have lots of facial hair. It grows back very quickly, and it's also really thick, and it hurts a lot when I shave normally, with a bad razor at least. So I've been using Harry's razors for like a week now. They're very nice. It's a five-blade razor, and I have to say, it really does effortlessly shave through my normally very annoying facial hair. It doesn't hurt one bit, no tugging, anything like that. And it stayed sharp the entire time as well. I'm very impressed so far. It also has kind of a good weight to it. It's like heavier than normal. I don't know. It's like, it's just got a good weight to it. I really like that. I didn't know I liked it before, but now I know I like it. I also really liked the shaving cream just because it smells really good. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by questionable shaving products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. Harry's has a customizable delivery option for scheduled refills as low as $2, half of what you pay from other big brands. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com otherworld. That's harrys.com otherworld for a $3 trial set. All right. Welcome to Otherworld. Today I have, joining me for the very first time, a guest co-host. I've never done this before. Joining me today is Sarah Sherman from Saturday Night Live. She's also an artist and a very famous comedian. I'm very happy to have her. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Very famous comedian. Oh my God, Jack, I'm blushing. You are now. I'm surprised I got you. Oh yeah, I'm just having a really busy celebrity lifestyle Private jets, Lamborghinis, Madison, Wisconsin, where I am currently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are in a beautiful um, airport-looking hotel right now. I can see in the background. You know what's amazing about this hotel? Everything's beige. The airport hotels love being beige. They love being beige. They love the most hideous art you've ever seen hanging in every single room. Duplicate. It's just crazy to think that there is a duplicate of the ugliest painting I've ever seen hung up in 300 different rooms. I always think like that's where the real money is, being a hotel photographer. Yeah, like do you get residuals like for every room that your photo is hanging that's, in? We're wasting our time right now. We should be doing that. But before we change our careers to that, I have brought you here for a reason. This episode is about something that I think you'll like. I got this email and I immediately noticed it was quite different than the ones that I've had before on the show, and I instantly thought of you. So I was like, this might be the perfect opportunity to have my first guest co-host. And the reason that I thought of you is that the story is about a haunted doll. This is even more flattering than you saying I was a famous comedian, is saying I, I heard I'm haunted doll and thought of you. I did, and I, I thought, I'm realizing now that the reason... I thought that is because you kind of dress like a doll. I dress like Chucky. And... It's very festive. It's very festive. And I one time even, you know, SNL is full of many talented celebrity impressionists. And the only impression I've ever done on the show is of Chucky, the haunted doll. (laughs) (laughs) Typecasting. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like this is one of those paranormal things that you hear about in movies or like the Goosebumps books, things like that. But 
I haven't personally come across it in real life. This is a really weird story. I'll explain it to you right now a little bit, and then I'm going to play you the episode. So this girl emailed me. She was around the age, I don't know if you remember a time in your life when you're not quite out of the house, you're not quite like fully an adult, and you kind of want to go drink somewhere with your friends, but you your options are limited. You're too young to go to a bar, so you end up hanging out in like some really weird houses. A hundred percent. I put a premium on wanting to live in a house with seven rock and roll dudes over wanting to live in a house with air conditioning or sink. Yeah, there was a pre- there was a premium put on making sure the house was fun over making sure the house worked. In the case of this story, the girl that you're about to hear is in one of those situations, but in the house she hangs out at, there is a collection of haunted dolls. One of the girls that lives in this house intentionally buys dolls that she thinks are haunted for whatever that means. And so this house is literally filled with these creepy dolls, yet all of these people still hang out there and party there. This sounds like a superstar house. I think it sounds like a bad house. I think... (laughs) You might want to hang out there. I'm realizing this is not <laughs> not going as planned because I think you like the idea of this house now. You know, there's an episode of Sex in the City, a show that I just started watching two days ago on my phone and now I'm addicted to, where oh, like wow. one of the deal breakers for one of the characters was that he goes home with this guy and his bedroom is covered in porcelain dolls that each have names and personalities. And I go, honey, that's not a deal breaker. That's a deal maker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're going to be really excited for this episode then. Because, uh, yeah, we're going to be going deep into the doll culture. I'm going to play this episode for you, and then we could talk about it after. Okay. Okay? You ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right, let's get it started. This is episode 49. The title is Grendelin, and you're listening to Otherworld. Is this Bobby? Yes, it is. At, at its core, the science you can't argue with. It's so a story about all of a sudden. up in the sky. It's almost frustrating that it's happening. I'm literally, this, I'm going to die. I've got like, its okay. limbs were just like wrong. It's just Everybody moves back into the light, even if it takes them a minute. My name is Sam. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. Um, And this is a story about when I was 21. Um, This took place in the few months before the 2020 pandemic. So at this point in my life, I was living alone at the time. I was mainly working. I was in retail management at the time. And I was kind of in a transitional point of my life. I had met this new group of friends very recently in the past few months before, and I started spending a lot of time with them very soon, hanging out with them a lot, like all day, every day, basically. When none of us were at work, we were all just kind of together. It was the three of us really mainly central. It was me and my two best friends at the time, Jake and Max, and we we spent all of our time together which was funny because we mainly spent most of our time at Max's house. 
I did have an apartment alone, like I said, but I, we spent all of our time together. We would all have sleepovers every night. Um, we were all very close during this time. And Max had two roommates. One of them, her name is Matias. And Matias is this like beautiful person, always wearing um, these like huge baggy dresses and uh, extremely, extremely long, naturally curly hair. Matias was always wearing like all of these like beads and lots of jewelry. She always smelled like incense and she would smoke these like cherry cigarettes and she smelled like those too. But everything about her kind of drew you in. She was very warm and loving, but also had, a, she has a very chaotic energy too, but it's, and it was never something that I think you would be like cautious of. It was almost kind of like endearing and comforting the way her energy was so chaotic, if that makes sense. And she had been living in this house for, I think, a while. I had a friend that had known her before through art school. She was an artist, um, like very, very creative, always going on and doing these like huge installations and stuff, like just very creative. The house itself, so this house was, there was lots of little like trinkets and stuff everywhere. It was always really cold in the house, I remember. Um, there was a huge backyard. In, now in this backyard, there is this giant dead tree. I think it was an oak tree. Um, the backyard had a very unnerving feeling to it. It was, it was a really big yard for a rental. I always thought it was really interesting. The property line went so far back, but this dead tree was so scary looking. And my friend that lived there, Max, said that he would have nightmares about this tree, about it doing stuff that was unnatural. Dreams like that the tree had like power, that it could like do, like ruin your life kind of power. Like it would do evil things. That It just emitted like evil energy, I guess. The tree scared him. It was like, it was so lush and green everywhere. And then there was just like in the complete dead center of this yard was just this huge dead tree and like a little table and chairs underneath it that we would sit at sometimes. I I really enjoyed hanging out there with my friends. That was kind of like our central place where we had established like this little like safe zone. It was like we were a little like pack of dogs almost. Like we did everything together all the time, always all together. Um, and this was really like our central place that we would be Matthias was really like a big part of our lives, but not like was necessarily like very central. She would just come and go like very on a whim. So the way the house was laid out was this huge living room, which was where all of the dolls were in. They were all set up on this like, I can't remember now if it was like a bookcase or just like a really long kind of like, um, just I guess like table you would keep against the wall to, to keep stuff on. Most of them were like animals. Like I remember there was one that was like this little bunny rabbit that had these, I guess, little like overalls or little clothes on. A lot of like porcelain, like baby dolls. All of them were very old looking. Some like very mangy looking. It was, it was really off putting because you would kind of walk in and it was like 
there were all these tiny little eyes on you at, immediately because there were just so many and they were all kind of sitting together. And I remember Matias saying that some of them didn't like each other, that there was always like an energy kind of around all of them. And I, I think Matias like truly was a very spiritual person and genuinely felt like all of these were like had a spirit to them. And I guess in the sense of like, I guess you could say alive and that weird stuff would happen in the house because of them. There was one in particular that I really didn't like. It creeped me out the most. I think it creeped out most people. The doll's name was Grendelin. It was this baby doll with a christening like baby dress on. It was one of those really long ones that looked like it was made for a person. Um, and it was white and it had blood stains on it. And this doll looked like it had been through so much. I feel like its eyes could barely open. Matias told me that it had real human hair coming out of it and that she didn't know how old it was. If it was really old, I can imagine if maybe it was one of those like grief dolls that people make after they lose like a young child or something like that. Like it looked very, very old. Wait, what's a grief doll? So I was listening to this podcast one time about how um, like a really, really long time ago when I think that's what they're called, that if a family would lose like a really young child unexpectedly, they would, and this is so creepy, they would make a complete replica like doll of the child for like, I guess, grieving purposes. But she claimed that the doll had real human hair. The, the hair was so like knotted and gross looking. It was like this like honey blonde color. The doll looked exactly like what you would think they would use for like an Annabelle movie. Whenever I was there, I could feel, I've, I always felt like I was being watched in this like super weird paranoid way, which I've had a really normal life, I would say. Um, I've always been interested in like unexplained and supernatural stuff, but it would be never something that I would want to firsthand like try to experience or like learn more about firsthand. But I always felt like very nervous when I was here. It was like getting to the point where like you feel nervous when you're in the bathroom alone type of place. Like I always felt really on edge unless I was with other people there. By the way, I I looked it up. They're called Victorian morning dolls. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. This is weirdly still a thing. There's other, I think they're also called, these are, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Where was she getting these dolls? Just like thrift stores and stuff. I They were always secondhand. I think some were purchased like online, like on eBay. And were always like exclu like explicitly outlined that like they felt like the people selling them felt like they were haunted. I think Grendelin was got at a thrift store, if I'm not mistaken. But we live in um, the like North Florida Panhandle, which is really um, it's it's more like a like country than you would imagine. Florida, the, th the thrift stores here are really crazy. You can find some good stuff, but you can also find really weird stuff like that here. But yeah, I that one particularly, I really didn't like. Whenever I would come and go in the morning and at night and I was walking through the living room alone, I always felt really uneasy walking past all of them and didn't really like being alone there. Was this her whole thing or one of many strange things that she did in her eclectic life? 
It wasn't her main thing. It was very much like a part of her, but not like one of my favorite things about her was she was big on Second Life. And when we would come home, if she were there, um, you could see her shadow in the window of her playing Second Life because I, I've never played that before, but her big thing on there was um, she would like like ruse people and like she would get people to like pay her money on Second Life for like, I don't know what it was. It was, I don't know if it was like feet pictures or anything. Like it was very like everything she did was like very like, chaotic and like you like loved it like you wanted to hear so much more about it like and it would be stuff to where like how would you even think about like how could you get money on second life for just like talking to people what do you think her motivation was getting haunted dolls if you had to guess like what do you think the best case scenario was for her in her head doing that I don't know if it was like like a conversation piece in like a house like you know like how you buy like cool lamps or something if it was like on that kind of level or she did, I don't know, like, I don't know anything about that stuff. So I don't know if it was like magic or like Wiccan stuff. Um, but she was very spiritual. I remember she would go collect like moon water from the ocean. And it was like a really big deal when she went the first of the year to go get moon water from the first full moon of the year. I, I guess people would ask her to do things for them. Like one person specifically asked her to perform like a love spell on me and I didn't know about it at the time um and I remember when we talked about it later she said that she specifically told them that if they weren't sure if I guess I felt the same way that they did about me that it would completely reverse and that I would have extremely bad luck and I guess it would kind of curse me so she agreed to do that for them but I, I was never really around for any of this, like, kind of, like, like ma- magic kind of stuff, however, whatever you would call it. Um, but she was very spiritual. So I think the dolls were just kind of like an extension of different parts of her life. And I think she kind of liked experiencing whatever the spirits would bring her because I guess she could handle it and that didn't scare her. So I think it was just really entertaining for her. Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. Folks, springtime is here, and it might be time to clean out the closet and finally update your wardrobe. Quince has you covered with timeless pieces that never got a style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the essentials for men and women, and everything is made from high-quality materials, which is very important to me. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes savings on to us. And like I mentioned, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. I recently went on a little shopping spree myself. I got a chore jacket, a Mongolian cashmere cardigan, and a quilted jacket. Basically stuff that I could just throw on top of the normal old t-shirts that I wear every day to make myself look a lot more presentable and fashionable when I need to. I also got some new sheets for our bed. They have so many to choose from. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash otherworld for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash otherworld to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash otherworld. Hi. 
Hi, this is Amy Poehler, here to tell you about a new improvised show from Paper Kite Podcasts, the team that brought you Say More with Dr. Sheila. Check out our new parody podcast, Women Talking About Murder. It's a show about women talking about murder. Every episode features special guests, twists, turns, and the mystery of a missing co-host. Available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to be really bad at keeping track of my finances. A very stupid part of me believed that if I just don't look at my bank accounts and my credit card statements, the money will all still be there, even if I spent it on stupid stuff that month. Well, that's not how it works. I learned the hard way. It's quite the opposite. Usually, when I finally did look, I'd notice that there was some subscription I'd been paying for that I forgot to cancel or I got overcharged for something and it's too late to fix. But now I use Rocket Money to keep track of all of that for me so I don't have to worry. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you could grow your savings. Rocket Money finds all of your bills and subscriptions for you, lays them out, and gives you the option to cancel them automatically or it can negotiate a lower price for you. I recently tested this out on my internet bill and they were able to negotiate a lower price for me. I saved like $300 doing this. If you're like me and you get scared checking your accounts, Rocket Money might be your savior. It's nice having everything in one place and under control. I promise you're gonna be very happy once you finally do it. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com otherworld. That's rocketmoney.com otherworld. Like I was talking about with the, like, spell that she put out, uh, like, energy towards me, this happened after that. It was specifically, I think, in about, like, February, like, early February when this happened. This particular night, though, um, nothing really notable happened. I think we watched, like, some music videos and stuff, watched stuff on TV, I would watch my friends play video games a lot, stuff like that. We didn't really do anything too wild, but I remember on this particular night, I I, I was kind of in, uh, I guess, a bad kind of mood. I was really tired. I just kind of wanted to finish with work and then just kind of relax for the rest of the night. So I'd gone over, kind of talked with everyone, just kind of hung out for a little while, and then... I went to sleep while everyone was still kind of like talking. So if I think I fell asleep like on the bed while we were watching a movie or something and my my two best friends were awake, I remember, and they would, I would usually go to sleep pretty early and they would hang out like all night talking, just doing little stuff together. So I fell asleep and I remember like very notably that I didn't have any dreams that night. I, it was just like I, I fell asleep and then immediately I was awake and it was time for me to leave and go to work. So I went back over to my apartment and I was getting dressed for work and I noticed on my upper left leg that on my thigh that I had this huge circular bruise. It was kind of like a oval shape almost and it was extremely dark like it was purple and huge and I just remember thinking like I wonder what I did for that to like happen especially because at my work, like I sold makeup and stuff. So I would just stand around all day. I wouldn't do, I didn't do any like exercising activities or anything like that. So I kind of 
I, I didn't have much time to think about it in that moment, but I went to work and I, the whole day I kept thinking about what could have caused a bruise that big and that dark and I couldn't really think of anything. So I just kind of brushed it off for about a day. But at, at the end of that day or the next day, when I went back over to the house where all of me and my friends stayed, I I remember asking them, like, did you guys get into anything like super crazy last night? And they just kind of looked at me and they were like, what do you mean by that? And I was just like, were you messing with me while I was sleeping? And they were both just like, kind of like, no, why would like, we weren't messing with you. I think they were just watching TV and just like smoking and like drawing and stuff like that. So I don't really think they had been doing anything that crazy, but I, I kept on being really insistent. I was just like, no, did you do something to me? Did Were you guys messing with me in my sleep? Like, did you push me off the bed? Like, did I fall out of the bed? Like any of these things. And I think I started to kind of annoy them because they were like, no, like we, what happened to make you think that something, like we did something to you. And I just said that I had this huge bruise on my leg that I didn't know where it came from. And they like promised me that they didn't do anything. And that was pretty much it. I, I brushed it off for a few more days after that. And then it started fading pretty quickly. And then as I noticed it was starting to fade, I noticed that it was kind of like this circular shape. Um, it was like these two lines on my leg. And as it started to fade, it was fading in like into like teeth marks. And once I noticed that, it was like my stomach dropped. And I was just like, that's so weird because the... I, the only reason why I say it was teeth marks was just because of the order that the marks were in, but they seemed to be like too tiny to be like, like a regular adult teeth. They were really small and kind of like spaced out, but still rounded like a, like a jaw would be um, on both sides. And after that happened, I was starting to get kind of freaked out because for some reason, I just had this like gut feeling that something happened to me. And I felt like it had something to do with Grendelin. Like I said, I really didn't like that doll. Like I always felt like it was staring at me. But after that, I like, because of how crazy that sounds, I, I kept it to myself for about another day. And then after it started to like really fade and the only thing around it were the teeth marks, um, I showed it to my friends and I asked them, I was like, did any of you bite me? And they just looked at me and they were like, why would we do that? Of course not. Like, and it was, we were all just really confused about what could have happened because I spent all my time with them. And it's not like they had like any animals that would have bit me or anything. It was just such a distinct looking bite mark. And then we all kind of like, without saying it, immediately thought that the doll had something to do with it. Everyone felt like that doll, I I guess in a sense was the most uh, like animated or like powerful, whatever you would call it. I don't know if it was because of how human, like all of the human qualities it had being a baby doll and how just like the blood on it, the hair, everything about it. So yeah, we were all like pretty shaken up about it and convinced that something that had something to do with it, that if there was a spirit attached to this doll, that it didn't like me or that it was trying to send a message or anything like that, but that I don't think anything could have caused 
a weird bruise like that, I've spent like the last three years wondering what it could have been. Like I'll like try to rationalize it in such a way that I'll like discredit myself into thinking that like, if I think about it too long, I'll be like, there's no way that it happened. My friends backed me up on it and they were like, no, I think you're right. And at this time too, my friend Max that would have these really terrifying dreams about the tree in the backyard, he said that he was having really scary dreams about me, really terrifying that bad stuff was happening to me. And I would ask him to tell me about his dreams to like kind of try to help him and be like, that would never happen, kind of comfort him. But he would just shake his head and get really quiet and say like, I I don't even want to say out loud like how terrifying these dreams were and what was happening to you. And I, he was my best friend at the time. We were extremely close. And so like, I don't think it would be out of the normal to have dreams about each other, but it, it was like a reoccurring thing that he would have these really terrifying dreams about me. And it was happening ar- around this time too. I ended up talking to Matias about it. We were all there. I had told her that I had something I wanted to tell her about. And I told her that something happened to me that I was really concerned and like afraid and confused about. And I didn't really have any explanation or like sure thoughts about it. And she just looked at me and she nodded and immediately she said, did Grendelin do something to you? And all of us, like, I feel like my, I was shaking. I was so scared. I was just like, why would you think that? Like, cause none of, no one wanted to speak for me about this matter. So no one had talked to her about it first before I had. And I asked her why she thought that. And she said that it was because Grendelin apparently had this like guilty but like mischievous energy radiating from her. Um, And Matias noticed it immediately when she got home. She said that she was certain that Grendelin had done something and like kind of wanted her to know about it, but was guilty. So I showed her my leg and she, I, she kind of like laughed and like gasped and like shook her head and was like, oh no, like, I'm so sorry. She definitely did that. I mean, because at that point, it was just kind of faded to where it was like that cloudy greenish color around just like these really dark teeth marks. And so she said, oh no, I'll go get her. And then I was like, oh my God, no. And she went and she got the doll and it was so bizarre. She was like talking to it, like looking at it being like, did you do this to Sam? And it was obviously just like, silent in the room and she looked at it and she was like oh no like she definitely did bite you and we were all just kind of standing there like it was so weirdly surreal watching her talk to it and then she like was kept apologizing over and over again she was like I'm so sorry you're scared but like I don't think she's gonna do anything again uh she feels guilty and I it just she just looked like a doll to me but I, I was feeling so scared. And then she held it up in my face and in this like high pitched, like kind of like baby voice, like I guess mimicking the doll, she like held it up to me and she said, Grendelin is sorry. So uh, Matias was standing in front of me and Max was standing beside me and Jake was standing in front of me. And when she said that, I heard this like screeching, like ear piercing scream in the room like this, it was, It was like, it was high pitched, but it was also like this like guttural, like deep, uh, almost like man's voice. And it was like so gurgly sounding and it it, it screamed out the word no. 
It was more just like a like, no, like something like that, like a very like guttural, but it was like a very like sharp, like, like pointed yell of the word no. And when that happened, I just felt my entire body go completely cold, like all the blood draining from my face. And I jumped and I started shaking really hard because I looked around and there was no one else there. And when I jumped, everyone kind of looked at me funny. And my friend Jake looked at me and he kind of turned his head and like widened his eyes, kind of like, what, what, what's up? Like, why did you do that? And after that, I just told Matias, like, oh, it's fine. Really, I just want to forget about it now. So it kind of did make everything stop. Like everyone was staring at me. I was feeling really scared. Either that night or the next day, my friend Jake was like, yo, like, what's up? Like, why did you sh jump like that? And I told him that I heard a voice in the room and he was like, no one else did. Like, I didn't hear anything or, and he was like, but I, I believe you, you looked so scared. So after that happened, um, Matias told me that I needed to be cleansed just to make sure that nothing was trying to attach itself to me or like was going to start bothering me. So I don't really know how effective something like this would have been, but she insisted that I ate um, the salt from the ocean moon water that she collected on the first full moon of that year in January. And I ate a pretty good amount of salt. I don't, I, I don't really believe in stuff like that, really. I, I am so interested in it, but I don't really have any like hard opinions. So I honestly, I just feel like I got super dehydrated. I really believed that Matias was like, felt bad about what happened and really wanted to help me. So I, I ate it and uh, nothing ever really happened to me like that ever again. Thankfully, the, the mark like faded and everything. And two months later, all of those people that lived there moved out. All of them had a falling out with each other. So that was really like the last big event that happened. We had a birthday party right before. That was when I ate all the salt and things were pretty positive. Like nothing really stuck out to me from that time. Other than that, um, things started going really well for me after that. So I don't really think that anything negative attached itself to me. I don't know if what Matias did worked or if, you know, nothing like that really was ever going to happen. It was just like a completely isolated event that happened to me. Nothing super crazy has ever really stood out to me about my life like that. Um, nothing happens like that now. My life is really normal. I live with my partner and one of our friends and my partner's a pretty big skeptic. And I, I told him about this when we first started dating and um, he said that like he believes me that something terrible happened to me, but he has really no opinion on anything paranormal because nothing has happened to us while we've lived together this whole time either. So I was really scared about it for a while, but my life, especially at that point, was moving so quickly. Just being in your early 20s, things just are constantly happening. So it didn't really affect my day-to-day -day life after that. At, at this point, it's just like a... Like kind of like a funny thing that I like bring up to people when we're telling ghost stories and stuff like that. But uh, thankfully it has never affected my life up to this point. You know, it's interesting. Uh, your partner, the, the skeptic, the reason this is a type of story that I like is that, you know, even if you look at his perspective, like what do you think 
if you have to step into his shoes and think of like a logical explanation for this that's not a haunted doll biting you, what do you think that would be? Right. He's the type of person that if if he can't really come to um like uh, like be able to pinpoint anything pretty quickly after doing research or being really logical about it he just kind of forgets about it um and doesn't want to be bogged down with stuff like that which is something i like about him because i i like agree that it's not something that i should try to like worry about and i should be able to move on from so it is interesting that i'm with someone like that just because yeah i i I know that I won't really ever be able to have some sort of explanation for it, but he says that how I feel is completely valid about it and that something definitely happened to me that it's just not something that we'll be able to probably figure out. I think that's a great way to be, but also I think even if you do think about it, the next thing a lot of people listening might jump to is that the weird roommate bit you, which I don't know if that's any, that's probably scarier at all in some ways. Her teeth, it was just, it was the, it, I thought, of, I thought about that maybe it could have been just like this huge joke, but it was just, everyone's like, uh, like adult teeth are pretty wide. So I, I just feel like if, if something did happen to me like that, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just really strange. Okay. So what do you think? The doll did it. The doll bit her. Simple as pie. I'd put fucking money on it. The doll did it. Here's my thing with this story. The reason I like this story is that if it wasn't the doll, what bit her? Well, like, that's right. even worse. That's Be- even worse. She's like, the teeth marks were not that of a human mouth. Yeah. The teeth were too small. And that begs the question, if we could open a porcelain doll's mouth, what kind of teeth will we find inside? I'm picturing when, like, celebrities get veneers and they have to get their little teeth whittled down to little nothings. That's kind of what I picture is inside of a porcelain doll's mouth. Do you have any lingering questions from the story? Um, Matthias was so unsurprised that I want to yeah. know what else the doll has done. Right. Because if, like, the biting your roommate on the leg is just, like, classic or run-of-the-mill doll situation, like, has the doll held up a department store, hijacked an airplane, like, killed a dog? Like, I want to know. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's you're, like, joking, but I'm also, like, <laughs> I, I, like, actually want to know. Um, what if I told you that? The doll girl, Matthias, is about to join us on the call no! right now. <laughs> what if I told you I was going to start crying? <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is like meeting a celebrity. This is what I, I imagine people feel like at the Eras tour. She's about to join, and let's just both do this interview together, okay? Okay, do I look okay? I want to impress her. You look her. great. <laughs> yeah, you look great. You look like a little doll. I'm sure she's going <laughs> to like you. All right, this is Jack interrupting from the future. Nothing could have possibly prepared me for the conversation that we had with Matthias. I don't know if we learned anything, um, or maybe we learned too much. I honestly have no idea. It went on for an hour. I will put the full interview on Patreon, I think. It's like 60 minutes long, and it really goes off topic. But you're about to hear an edited down snippet of this conversation, which was a very funny one. 
Also, it's worth noting that the background of Matias's Zoom is a picture of her own face. Okay, wait, is it working now? It's working now. Oh, yay. Hi. <laughs> hey. Hello. How are y'all? Good, how are you? I'm good. Um, my life is a constant disaster and terror, but that's what makes things interesting. I did not expect to be able to talk to you. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like, you you know, uh, what's that? What's that thing? A hermit. I'm, I'm a hermit. I crawl into the woods for several weeks at a time and I don't talk to anyone or do anything. Um, but this seems fun. A hundred percent. I'm very glad you're down to do it. So this is uh, my guest co-host, Sarah Sherman. Hi, how are you? I'm doing amazing. <laughs> can you introduce yourself really quick? Yes, yes, I can. Hello, my name is Matias Herrera, and um, I am a really crazy person. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't really know how else to describe myself. I just like, I mean, life is very crazy, and we all have things that like change our perspectives and our like understanding of what the world is. But like, I feel like I've just been given like a constant like amount of just like very just interesting experiences and I've been able to roll with the punches. So I'm like, as crazy as I am, I'm not like, I'm not like violent or angry and I don't hate people as much as I probably maybe could. I would be allowed. You know what? I mean. You actually sound like the most sane person I've ever met in my entire life. Oh, Slay. Thank <laughs> you. I'm not, but. <laughs> Wait. So Matthias, we heard this whole story about the doll. When did you start collecting these dolls? Okay, I'm going to just try and see if maybe I could get the dolls in because it might, the camera might have to just to one of faces. Oh, wow. Yes! Oh, Hi, girls! So, that, those are my girls! This is the doll in question. Her name is Grundelin. She was probably the first doll that I ever collected. And um, I really got her. Uh, come here, baby girl. She's a very old doll. All of this hair is human. I got her at a thrift store, obviously, like in the South. Like you can find like insane shit everywhere at thrift stores and it's it was i saw her and uh this is at a thrift store called what do you got they get a lot of their stuff from storage units like the like storage wards you know uh stuff like that i found grundelin and i said oh my god and she said i will give that to you for free i please keep that out of my uh establishment i don't want that here anymore and i said <laughs> say less <laughs> So this is all very weird and funny, but in a very serious note, like the person we talked to got bit by something. And yeah. then she said that you weren't surprised by that. Has weird stuff been happening with the dolls? <sighs> like I said, I'm not going to lie. My whole life is weird. Some of my best friends are like, you know, non-corporeal entities. And so 
I feel like whenever you're dealing with like ghosts, spirits, other non-corporeal entities, like you have to like treat them like people. And almost for me in my mind, it's an allegory of like the way that we treat all undesirable people mm-hmm. and like kind of like ostracize and like push them out into that into that sphere. It can like manifest itself into types of poltergeists that will mm-hmm. like cause mischief and mayhem. And so what I think happened is that, and this is my this is my suspicion. I don't actually, I don't know. I've had Gwendolyn since 2017. I've had her for a long time. I worked to deprogram her, rehabilitate her, rehabilitate her. I don't know how long she was in that storage unit. I don't know if she was just like, if she just felt trapped or what was going on. But we had like a great relationship and everybody that like knew her after meeting her the first time, Mm -hmm. um, like had good energy. But in the year that this happened, a lot of, a lot of, I wasn't as responsible as a mom. And so a lot of like, a lot of like, a lot of shifting was happening. A lot of environments were changing. Of all of the girls Gwendolyn is definitely the most haunted and the most traumatized. And so I think that, I think that she acted out. Also, I do believe that Sam was a little too scared of her. (laughs) And it's like when sharks like smell fear in the water, like that's the person that they're going to go to. And so I, again, I don't know, but that is my interpretation of what I think happened. You know, there is a chance that there is a chance that Grundelin was possessed by the spirit of some poor disenfranchised girl. Um, it could have been, I don't know, I don't know how she even got to me. She could have been, for all I know, the girl that had her last could have died. She's just been trapped in here the entire time. But um, it's still about, like, it's still about just, like, dignity mm-hmm. and humanity and love. Do you think it's yeah. possible that you kind of create a spirit zone in the house that like yeah, lets I something think. like like Grundlin feels free to like, you know, kind of like wild out in the house? Yeah, I th- I'm thinking. I would hope not because she knows that I don't appreciate the wilding out, but also at the same time, yeah, probably because she knows that I don't discipline. <laughs> I did. That's why I'm like, I'm like, I'm sad because I, I didn't even remember like taking her up to her and going like, did you do this? Um, but again, I probably, I probably did because I was frustrated and I was sad and I was like, don't hurt my friends. Um, and then she, maybe she did, but also I would again, I would hope not. Maybe. <laughs> The other thing is, did you put a love spell on Samantha? No. And we ended up talking about that afterwards. And I had to explain to her, like, no, I actively worked against that. So this is when I say that there was other magical energy that was going on. I This is this is part of the thing that I was talking about. And the energy was like weird and fucked. This roommate that I was this roommate that I was living with was kind of like this, like, I don't know, like, early 20s, like, sad boy. He, like, had this, like, really big crush on her. And I could tell, and that's why they, that's when they started, like, coming over to the house a lot. And we would, like, hang out and, like, and, like, drink a little bit. Then his, like, kind of, like, overbearing, obsessive energy started showing. But finally, it came to a head. He was telling me about, like, how, like, he really has this big crush on Sam and really 
really like wants to like really like wants to like make an impression on her. And then he goes, Do you think you could like put a love spell on Sam for me? And I was like, <laughs> let me I know like it's like a movie thing, but I should like caution you. That's like love is like not something that you like want to like achieve with magic like mm. ever. Like and that's like especially when you like magically intervene with like fates and like and 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 human will and desire. Like you're just leading yourself down like a really slippery slope. Mm-hmm. And I think that you should reconsider that before you like ask me or anybody else to do that and he was like no i made up my mind and i was just like i'll see what i can do and so on the first full moon of the year of 2020 i went to the ocean and i got probably about like five gallons of salt water that i then ended up turning into salt and um i did secretly place one of the small vials of salt with Sam, because I wanted, if, if anything was going to be coming her way, I wanted her to be protected against that. Cause I knew that this other thing was happening. I was like, Oh, hopefully that works. And, you know, even though Ben did continue to be very crazy, um, it didn't directly affect Sam in that way. And now in a sad way, like nobody talks to him, but he's Mm. an asshole. But also funnily enough, everybody else that I gave uh, salt to, did not get COVID for the, the foreseeable future. I think they did, but it was like, it was like, you know, like probably like, like this year, or the sure. tail end of last year. Like it was like, it was something, it was something, it was crazy. Like it was definitely like that. What a coincidence. Sarah, do you have any final thoughts or lingering questions before we let Matias go? I just want to go offline with you and get a reading or something. <laughs> yeah, you guys need to hang you out. I know what's funny. I didn't have anything to hold up my phone. So right now you're literally like sitting on the box that has my tarot cards inside of it. Would you just pull one? I just want to know what the top one is. I just want to know yep. what we're we dealing with today. Oh, wait. Hold on. Got to turn around. Uh, cup of six. Is that because it's because it's reverse, right? No, it was the four of cups. That was my bad. Four of cups, and it was upright. Ooh. <laughs> uh oh. Four of cups. Apathy, contemplation, and disconnectedness. Disconnectedness. Being so deep in contemplation and thought, you may sometimes ignore the gifts that the world gives you. Oh shit! Say ah. that. Say that. Well, Matias, thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you for the reading. Cool. Send me some pictures of Grendelin and the dolls if you can. Yeah. That email. We'll take pictures of all. I'll have a little photo shoot with all of my babies. No yeah. They love being photographed because they just love being seen. Stop. I don't know why it just started doing, but my music box started moving. All right, Sarah, we're getting out of here. Did it start moving after you just told, talked about apathy? Yes. Bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I know this I know this is also like what we're here to talk about, but it is kind of embarrassing when all the things start happening. Like you asked me for a reading while sitting on top of my tarot deck and then also my piece of putting the moon. No, this oh is God. what we came here for. Don't forget. <laughs> I know. I, I'm aware. Bye, Grendelin. Bye, Gwendolyn. <laughs> I loved it. Thank you for having me. This was so special, and I love talking about all my weird things. Mm.
Thank Bye. you so much. Bye. Bye. That person is a truth seer. <laughs> like that's real. I don't even know what to make. Of, oh my god. I, I mean, I feel like I have like more questions now than answers. I mean, I just basically trust her with my life, and like <laughs> I, this is the kind of person that this is my people. <laughs> she understands was, me better than anything has ever understood anything else. The funny thing was like, there's hard to ask the questions I needed to ask because. I think she's so engulfed in it at all times that, like, you know, this is a person that's, like, regularly talking to the dolls. So I'm saying, like, did anything out of the ordinary happen with the dolls? And she's like, no. I think, but I I'm think like, oh. why the episode is good is because it starts with a story about someone getting bitten by a doll, but it's not fucking about the doll. And, like, yeah, maybe and it, not to victim blame, but maybe Sam has to interrogate. Was she maybe bringing kind of a whack energy into the house? Who can say? I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, I'm on, I'm on Team Sam here. I'm not. I'm actually not. I think the house had the whack energy. And this, and I think Whether that, or not the doll is what bit her, I think there's a lot of strange stuff happening in that house, whether it's the roommate situation, uh, right. the Mardi Gras of spirits attached to Matthias, something bit her leg. And I don't know which version of events would be less scary than others, you know? Right. Well, Sarah, this was a weird one. Thank you so much for helping me with this. Any final thoughts? <laughs> I, I agree, like, with what she was saying of, like, we can't be ruling anything out about these, like, spirits and, like, what kind of items they inhabit and, like, and, like, possibly all these spirits and, like, haunted dolls are misunderstood. Maybe. Either way, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on in that house, I'm thinking. Yeah. A lot of salt. <laughs> you need some yourself, honestly. I know. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Do you want to give any plugs before you go? Come to my tour. If you liked this, you probably will like my weird show. <laughs> yep. Go see Sarah on tour. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 49. The title is Grendelin, And you've been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. Our theme song is by Cobra Man. The soundtrack of this episode is by Juice Jackal and North Americans. This episode was edited by myself and engineered by Theo Schaefer. Our artwork is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. Please show us your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and telling your friends about Otherworld. If you want to hear bonus episodes of the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com otherworld. You can follow us on social media at otherworldpod. We also just launched a TikTok, so you can follow us on there. Same handle. Thank you to the team at Odyssey. J.D. Crowley, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Leah Reese-Dennis, Rob Morandi, Eric Donnelly, Matt Casey, Casey Klauser, Maura Curran, Josephina Francis, and Hilary Schuff. Follow and listen to Otherworld now for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, you could send us your story at stories at otherworldpod.com. <laughs>